You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the It's Always Game Day in Kansas City podcast. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. I am your host, Kayla Kinnear. I'm joining me, as always, we've got Cody Tapp and Nick Schwartz. Nick, we are twinning today, by the way. I know people can't see, but we're rocking our rust-colored long sleeves. Yeah, this is like I got a little terracotta, maybe a little burgundy. Oh. Is it rust? Is that the? Uh, is that what we're calling? I it? think that's like the really nice designery way to describe that color versus <laughs> terracotta. Rust sounds cooler than terracotta. I didn't even know what terracotta meant. Like the the plot, you know, like the the you know, like reddish color, like planters that like. Stuff goes. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. That's How about clay? How about red clay? Clay. Okay. There we go. There we go. Fancy. For what okay. it's worth, I think Kayla's pulling it off better than you, Nick. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Stop that, Cody. <laughs> Cody, do you mind changing to join us? Uh, I don't think I own anything rust colored. Oh. I'm not. I it's mean, color I, I probably. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I don't own a lot of. Uh, I don't feel like red's good with. with uh, I don't know. It doesn't look good on me. So I don't it's own not- a lot. I don't own a lot of red. I wear it mostly for Chiefs related stuff. And then outside of that, it doesn't regularly make my wardrobe. Nick sees me every day. How much red outside of when I'm wearing a Chiefs shirt on like a Friday or Sunday do you see me in, Nick? No, you're right, Cody. You're not a great dresser, as you were saying. And <laughs> start, you know, dressing with the seasons. Yeah, it's it's not red. It's rust. There's a difference. You're right. I'll work on it. It's not in your color palette. We get it. All right, let's dive into this Wednesday episode. Um, We're going to start things off with the defense. And I want to ask you guys, do we feel better moving forward considering how we saw our Chiefs D hang with Buffalo on Saturday or Sunday? I think think that that's more than fair to say it about it because they were without two of their top three corners, their second linebacker. They didn't get consistent pressure. And they held Buffalo to 24. Now, it took two fourth down stops, one of which was in dangerous territory, like the red zone, red zone. The other one was midfield. So, you know, that could have just resulted in a punt and essentially they got the stop anyway versus the other one would have given them points. But look, Stephon Diggs dominated them and they ran the ball pretty good, but they held the Buffalo Bills to 24 points. That team scores 30 on damn near everyone. And it's not like the Chiefs offense was consistently putting them in good position. They had to punt some. They gave the ball back to the Bills some. I feel pretty good about it, considering the showing that they had. It it makes me encouraged that they could be even better in defense going forward because they're still expecting so many of their talented players back. Yeah, it's weird because there there was part of me that left like wanting more, like I wanted to see them come up with a better game plan for Stefan Diggs. Why are you continually putting rookie cornerbacks on pro bowl receivers? But 
24 points, you're right, is if you would have told me going into the game, the Chiefs were going to hold the Bills offense to 24 points, I would have said, well, then the Chiefs win. Chiefs win because they scored 24 points just like the Bills do with regularity. So every time I find myself nitpicking or finding something to complain about, it's like, what are we talking about? The difference between holding Buffalo to 24 points and 14? Because that doesn't seem realistic, that that should be the expectation. Like, why not... Hold them to two touchdowns. Nobody does that. This is the best or the second best, depending on how you have the Chiefs and the Bills ranked, offense in the NFL. So all in all, I thought it was a really positive sign. The flip side is, this is the def- This is the offense that you game plan against. This is the offense that all offseason, you look at and say, how do we stop them? Because Brett Veach and Andy Reid, they know who their biggest rival is. They know who their biggest competition is, and they know if they want to go to a Super Bowl, they're going to have to be able to win games against that team. So while this is kind of sounding, this may sound weird, but while there may be other offenses that will give the Chiefs more fits, not because they're better, but because they're not the offenses that the Chiefs are trying to stop, it's positive to me just knowing that in the postseason, if you go up against the Bills, you have at least shown that you know how to slow them down somewhat. It could have been better, too. Like, I can't help but go back to that. There was no reason for Spags to blitz in that final first half possession when the Bills got the touchdown because there was no reason for him to blitz there. They kind of find the regularity or any semblance of the pass rush they had the first couple of games. We're having a very different conversation. I think what it is is that I, I feel better about the corners. Because I think they're going to get better at corner. And I don't think that Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson and Sneed were a laughing stock, despite the fact they were missing multiple secondary pieces. The safeties played well. The linebackers played well. Like the only unit I feel worse about coming out of that game is the pass rush. Because they still like, God, I was feeling kind of good for two weeks when it seemed like, look at the Chiefs go. And after three weeks when they were still in the top five, but they're, they're like slowly falling off of that. And I don't know if it's because Frank Clark missed a half of a game or whatever else is in between, but that part of it is obviously concerning. But I just don't know that there's any way that you can walk out of a game like that against the Bills and say, boy, I'm really disappointed in what they did. They had only punted nine times in five games. They only punted twice against the Chiefs, but they also stopped them twice on fourth. And they, you know, they kept them, they held them to field goals a couple of times, which is objectively a win against Buffalo multiple times over. The offense was the much more disappointing unit in that game. I, you know, I feel better. That was their, that might've been their best defensive performance of the season. Like, and I know that that you're like, that sounds weird, but that might've been their best because while they might've held some other teams down a little bit in the scoring department, they were more consistently good in that game against the only offense that can arguably be named better than theirs. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was like outside of the secondary. Yes, I feel better. But again, we had just too many young guys out there. And once we get Fenton and McDuffie back, I'll feel even better. Um, but guys, what specifically makes you feel better about this defense? I was about to ask you that, Cody, because if it's not the pass rush and we no. saw the rookie corners kind of get put on islands a little bit, what do you boil it down to? What about this defense makes you feel better now? Um, I, you know what? The, the rookie defenders might have gotten beat, but they were covering them. To me, the scheme fits their talent. 
I, I know I'm critical of what Spags did in that moment, but it, it works. Like, I, you know, that, I, that sounds stupid, I guess, or it's harder to explain. But I've watched the Chiefs defense. I've probably been covering this team for eight or nine years. There were times in which it seemed like they didn't get enough out of their talent. And there's times when it seemed like it was pretty clear their scheme didn't help the lack of talent they had. In this case, despite deficiencies because of injury, the scheme works. They're utilizing their speed well. Nick Bolton is all over the field, and they're letting him do that. The Even though the pass rush doesn't work all the time, they blitz really effectively most of the time. I still think they can find a couple of times to not do it. And I know Joshua Williams got beat twice, but he got beat twice one time when the pass rush didn't happen. But he was all over Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen just made an alien throw. It was a laser beam into the end zone. And the other time, I thought Gabe Davis maybe got away with a little bit of a push-off. He had good coverage there, too. Like, I... And he's their fifth corner, which means they think four guys are better than him. And I didn't think he just got his ass kicked all day. I thought he played pretty well, all things considered. I, To me, it's just like they look like a unit. I don't know that I could say that each of the last couple of years in Kansas City where I felt like it was random hodgepodge of slow veterans who didn't go anywhere. To me, this looks like a defense that can improve. And all the other previous years when like my co-host in Kansas City, Alex Cole, tried to convince me, be like, you know, defense could get better. I'm like, this one? This one can get better because I'm not so sure. I can be actually talked into it with this defense. That's maybe it's it's probably more that than tangible stuff, Nick. But that's that's why I feel better about it. I agree 100 percent. I think that this is still a below average defense right now. But for the first time, I'm like, I can convince myself that in a month they'll be better than they are today. Whereas last year when you had Dan Sorensen and Anthony Hitchens and Ben Neiman playing significant snaps, I looked at it and said, well, this is just who they're going to be then because I know who those guys are. Whereas with all the young players, that's what has me excited more than anything. It's the individual standouts. I know that Chris Jones is playing like one of the most dominant defenders in the NFL. Nick Bolton has taken a massive step in year two. He's one of the best individual tacklers, one-on-one tacklers in the NFL. Justin Reed made a lot of big plays. He is a big physical safety and quite frankly, I think is an upgrade over Tyron Matthew. I have questions all over the defense, all three levels. And I still think there are going to be areas where they're going to be exposed. They have one interception this year, one. And everybody remembers it, right? It was the Jalen Watson pick six. That's the only interception the Chiefs have this year. There's plenty of room for growth, but for the first time, I feel like we may actually see that growth this year. Unrelated, but related. Does Nick Bolton have a nickname yet? I feel like you're going to suggest one. Do you have one for us? Superman. Superman. Swooping in when needed. Saves the saves the day. I mean, that's a layup, but do we have another one that comes to mind? I mean, there are some other famous Superman. <laughs> not that although in fairness, that one can be, you know, that one's been used by so many different people that no right, one's saying you can't. Um, God, even Pro Football Focus, which puts nicknames to people that nobody's ever heard of before. Even they don't list a nickname for him. As a reminder, Pro Football Focus, who lists the nicknames, has the following ones for Patrick Mahomes. So you know that they're just making them up. Grim Reaper, which we agree. Showtime, which they try to stick for a little bit. Magic Man, which he's never been called. The Musician, also never been called. The Gunslinger, never been called. And Mahomes Boy, which I think Shannon Sharp called (laughs) him once. So Uh, You're missing one. You're missing one. Oh, yeah, you're right. They also call him Fatrick. Which also nobody calls him. What? Objectively, not fat, you know? 
What does that yeah, mean? Uh, I'm. I think yeah, yeah, because he's what got kind of a thick history? neck. I don't know. Magician would make more sense. Maybe it's a typo. Might be. I don't. I don't want to say for sure. Um, but yeah, so like they don't have one for Nick Bolton. So no, but we can start workshopping that now. If you're a listener to this podcast, please add us on social media with some nickname suggestions for Nick Bolton. Yes, we would love that. Well, keeping in with the defense, uh, Tony Romo mentioned that the Chiefs have struggled versus number one receivers, and he's not wrong, guys, because here are the numbers. Week one against Marquez Brown, we had four receptions, 43 yards, a touchdown. He did. Uh, Mike Williams, eight receptions, 113 yards, one touchdown. Michael Pittman Jr., eight receptions, 72 yards. Mike Evans against the Bucks, eight receptions, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Devontae Adams, three receptions, 124 yards, two touchdowns. And this past weekend, Stefan Diggs had 10 receptions, 148 yards, and one touchdown. How concerning is this, and how do we fix it if we're the Chiefs? We are the Chiefs. How do we fix it? Oh, boy. I mean, Hope McDuffie's really good. <laughs> I think some of this is coming from the fact that they can't just let Legereus Sneed guard the number one wide receiver. And other NFL teams aren't going to let that happen. They're actively working away from Legereus Sneed. Do you ever see Legereus Sneed in coverage? Like, do you ever see him, like, tackling the guy who just caught the ball? And the answer is pretty much no. Because why would you throw it Legereus Sneed if you could throw it a bevy of other rookies? And I think what will happen is, the simple fix is, get McDuffie back and hope that he's as good as he was in that first game. That first game, he played 25 snaps. They didn't throw at him once. That was, out of all the stats you probably just gave Kayla, that was their best performance against number one. I mean, I don't know, like semi at least best performance against number one wide receivers on the year because outside of that, the only way to help your corners is get better pass rush and that's a whole nother problem. So in week one, when Holly, when, you know, when he played, they were the best against the number one wide receiver. So I guess my simple solution is get Trent McDuffie back and cross your fingers that he's the number 21 overall pick from a talent perspective. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now on pro football reference through six weeks. The Chiefs have given up the fourth most yards. They're behind the Steelers, the Commanders and the Saints. If we're just looking at wide receivers. Now, in fairness, they were up big in two of those games. So it's not totally telling. Yeah, but it matches your eyes. Like it matches what we watch too. We, I I can remember specific plays from every single receiver that Kayla mentioned. Devontae Adams only had three catches, but he still had two touchdowns and 124 yards. He made those three receptions count. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like he had eight. Evans, Mike Evans was the same way, mostly because he had that, you know, that circus grab. In the end zone. Now, listen, some of those guys, we're talking about all pro, the best receivers in the NFL. They're going to do that to most teams. But it kind of goes back to what we talked about before the Raiders game, which is I don't need you to shut this guy down. I just need you to not let him have like a career day. And while maybe none of those guys are necessarily doing that, I mean, Diggs going Diggs, 148 yeah. and a touchdown. Like that's about as good as it's gonna get. You just you don't. You do, it's it's tough to imagine the Chiefs getting drastically better, but I feel like schematically, there are gotta be things can do to just curb that production a little bit. I think some of that will. Again, it's like the level of aggressiveness they have to have right now in those games. 
is partly what's driving this getting beat by number one wide receivers, but they also don't have a true number one corner. We all like Legereus Sneed. He's a very good NFL cornerback who I'd be happy to sign to an extension in Kansas City. Okay? Very, very happy. I think he's a very good corner. He's not Jalen Ramsey. And if you listen to anybody in the way the NFL works right now, and I know the Chiefs are getting beat to a particular, like, to a particularly high level right now. The NFL is not designed for you to beat their number one wide receiver. Matter of fact, it's designed for you to lose. And if it's designed for you to lose and you're coming out of a game where you're starting a fourth round rookie, a seventh round rookie, a fourth round guy. Now he's in year four, so we can stop talking about the round he was drafted in probably at some point. But, you know, like you're up against it. Like Gabe Davis, their problem right now, Nick, part of what those stats that concern me about it and and you, Kayla, is those numbers would all be significantly better if they could have just limited the deep pass. Like not, not Evans and Pittman and Williams, right? Those big, tall wide receivers, those guys are going to burn them the entire year. But Devontae Adams or what Gabe Davis did against somebody, I know he's not their number one, but what Gabe Davis did against them, limiting those big, tall passes is fine. But all their corners are short. They were never going to be good against big, tall, physical wide receivers. And to be honest, you probably shouldn't expect them to just change their stripes. That ain't going to happen. They don't have the personnel. Very simply put, they don't have the personnel to handle big, tall wide receivers. So it should scare you against Jamar Chase, and it should scare you against those types of guys. But you would hope Trent McDuffie coming back will at least limit that to a stretch. They have to get more turnovers, though. They need a corner who, like, more than just, I, you know what's fine? Uh, Pittman can go eight for 110. Can you pick off the ninth one? Like, they straight up don't get turnovers. I feel like every time I bring this up, like, there's a couple of people to be like, all right, you brought it up. They're one of the worst teams at the NFL in takeaways. It just so happens that that's one of the most important stats in the NFL. So I think the Chiefs being bad at it is a direct reflection of their corners, which is where a majority of those turnovers come from. And while Justin Reed, you mentioned him, Nick, might be an upgrade from Tyron Matthew, there's one area in which he's not an upgrade, getting the ball. Justin Reed's never gotten the ball. He's never been good at getting turnovers, and he's still not good at it. He doesn't take the ball away. He's a hard hitter. He's good in coverage. He doesn't take he doesn't get turnovers. He never has. 